Okay, welcome to episode 136, the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. Um, Christmas is all, almost upon us, so who better to celebrate the season than our old buddy, Alan Henderson? How you doing, dude? Bah, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> you got a nice beard coming on, my friend. You can't say that's that. That's right, I'm doing, doing my Santa look. Doing my Santa look. So. <laughs> yeah. I've got the stomach to go for it as well, so that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> Now, I use the, the the way we came to today's episode is um, you suggested a Christmas book, and I had literally just received in the post um, a present from Peter Watson at the Earth Two podcast. He sent me um, he sent me this comic, and I went, "Oh bloody hell, I've got this right next to me." What do you think? And um, we sort of agreed on that. Now, I think you you ordered it, didn't you? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, well, it, it, it's one of these ones where um, I could have read it on the app. Yeah, I could have dug out the omnibus the offholding the, uh, the breathing yeah. bolt. Ah. Yeah, um, but no, I thought I'll get, I'll get an actual copy of it just because um, it it was one of the ones I was missing from from that collection. I think yeah. I'll get it away. So from, from the breathing bolt, and cool. the breathing bolt was always the title if you were if you were doing the back issue diving in the in the back issue bins and you couldn't find the batman issues that you wanted or you couldn't afford the batman <laughs> issues that you wanted you would go oh well i'll pick up a brave and bold so you know I'd, i've got a reasonable collection of brave and bold back issues but this was one that happened uh, to escape me yeah me too actually i think i've got most of the um team up issues um, but there's certainly some brave and bolds that are well sought after, aren't they? We'll talk about that in a bit. Oh, did, yeah. did you want to say what issue we're talking about, dude? So we are talking about issue number 148 from... <laughs> so as a cover date of March 1979, which means it's actually the December 1979 <laughs> yeah. book. Is that 1978? 78. Yeah, sorry, yeah, 78. yeah, yeah. Yeah, December 78 from, yeah, from March 1979. <laughs> I had a conversation with um, someone about this the other day. Now, somebody, I've heard differing stories why they do this. One was so it stayed on the on the rack longer and mm-hmm. people thought they were getting something new. And somebody else told me that there was just sort of some slippage where they pushed more books out. Do you know, do you know which is the truth around that? So combination of both. Right. Um, further made more complicated as well. Not at this time, but once we had um, comic book stores set up, the date that the comic book shops were getting it versus when it actually landed on newsstand right. was was different. <coughs> so, and it was always dated for the newsstand date. So that that doesn't that, that would come sometime after this. Yeah. Um, but it used to be the case of if you you were getting the books into the comic shops, it, it you know what it was almost that difference as well about saying what was coming over by airmail and what was coming yeah. over by um, by boat. Because our news um, agent stuff was late, wasn't it? We used to get a couple, yes. of, a couple of months late, didn't we? Yeah, so it'd be a couple of months. And that, that's essentially because it came over by boat versus yeah. you know being actually delivered to the comic book shops by, by freight. Yeah. Um, so Kids don't know how well they got it these days, do they? They don't oh, know how well they're doing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and all you were, you were discussing this recently on, on ECP. Yeah. And... So it's a combination of that, combination of, yeah, it was generally the date was the date that it would be taken off the, the newsstand as well. So if this was the December oh, book, it would, have, okay. it would have been on the shops, you know, for December. Kids would be able to buy it at that point. And they would look to, you know, when do we take this off? Well, you take it off at the end of March. That's I get you. At least that was a, that's the sort of thought process that I always understood. I could be entirely wrong. But, <laughs> it um, seems very it sensible. Kind of makes, 
Keeps some sort of sales. From a sort of sales point of view, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and also to confuse confuse things slightly more, this was the first year that for a long many years that Brave and the Bold wasn't bi-monthly. So this was now a monthly book. Um, mm. I think seventy seven. It was still bi-monthly. Interestingly, um, did you want to talk about what issue it is, dude? So yeah, one hundred forty eight. It's Batman and Plastic Man. <laughs> the night, the night the mob stole. Xmas or Christmas yeah. or Christmas, depending on your your. Perception. I reckon they called it Xmas because they couldn't fit it in the the wreath thing there, <laughs> could they? Yeah. I I was going to say there's a number of the speech bubbles where they've gone. Thank God we're calling it Xmas. Yeah. Well, having written <laughs> Christmas down quite a lot in my notes, I've I'm not a big fan of the use of Xmas, but I've even given in and just started writing it. I agree. Well, yeah. So why is it Xmas? And that's because it's actually the the Greek letter Chi. In capital, looks like a big X. Right. So it's actually, and Kai is in Greek would, would lead you to Christ as the oh okay the, the show. So it is. Oh yeah, we bring in the knowledge this week, my friend. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what it is. So yeah, hmm. there you go. <laughs> so who was who was the creative team on it? So the creative team is um, the regular writer for um, for the Brave and Bold, who was Bob um, Hanny, um, and then it's got joint artist duties um, with Joe Staten doing some of the work and the again regular brave and bold artist um jim apparel and i think you can you can pick and choose as to what pages are done by who. yeah i was thinking in, that in, i mean page one is just so classic apparel to me it just definitely yeah you know anywhere anywhere that you see gordon you're going <laughs> yeah you really do don't you apparel and then maybe page three's juice you know maybe i don't know it's 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 more yeah, I get you on that, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, especially the last it's, panel. Yeah. yeah. And certainly when you move to something like page, page 13 is 100% Joe's state. Anyway, yeah. you, know, you, you can pick and choose through it as to, to who, who does what. It's the old, the um, old Aparo classic karate chop there I see as well. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's it's them. Um, The basis of the stories is... Yeah. um. Basically, it's, it's a weird start to the story, right? Because it, it's all about Batman looking after the man and trying to stop a tax dodge that's taking place know, on is... selling illegal cigarettes. I kind of feel like Bob Haney's been watching too many Untouchables <laughs> episodes or something, you know. It yeah. sort of stinks of being like a story from the 20s or 30s, this one, doesn't it, really? But, and, you know, yeah. but, but it's also, you know, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a stop a tax dodge of people who are selling untaxed cigarettes, <laughs> yeah. which... Led, led to a word that I had never heard of before. Oh, yes, me too. Go on, though. Yeah. But, butt legging. Yeah, I which, presumed it had something to do with butts, but, you know, as we probably both did. You know, but, yeah, it's it, like the butt leg of like, you know, Yeah, butt legging. Anyway, so it's. To do Surely that. that's boot legging. Surely they just mean. Is butt legging the special term they have for it? On... Well, I presume it was cigarette butts. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I've just assumed it was a cigarette butt, therefore it becomes butt legging rather than boot legging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Oh, yeah, that was my my thought process. There. Um, <laughs> and um, so anyway, it starts off with that. But those mobsters who are um, butt legging um, end up stealing all of the um, Christmas decorations from. <laughs> The town centre of of Gotham, and yeah. the mayor is, is is so upset that you're going to have to cancel Christmas for Gotham, um, and um, fun ensues as the the Batman and um, Plastic Man hunt down the 
stolen Christmas decorations and um, managed to save the day and bring them back to Gotham in time to, to save Christmas. That, Perfection. Couldn't be more Christmassy than that, could it? it Pete Watson has scored, I mean, has scored a blinder un- there with that one. Yeah, yeah just in time it's for Christmas. awful story. I sort of lost track of it a bit and just sort of enjoyed the interactions <laughs> between Batman and... Yeah. yeah. So the, And to be fair, a lot of the Brave of the Bold was like this. Yeah. Where the, the writing is... Just let's make it happen, right? And then just enjoy yourselves. Yeah. And I think there's a, you know, we need to mute the, say that that's an important thing about Brave and the Bold. It, it's just, this is just for fun. Throwing Don't... two wacky characters together and seeing how they bounce yeah. off each other. Yeah, yeah. I know. This, and this isn't the worst of them yeah. all. There's some worst cases, isn't there? You know. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so none of, none of the Brave and Bold is continuity. And yeah. God, no. And nor, nor should it be. Which and I kind there's... of think that allegedly Bob Haney was quite pleased about. He wasn't a big continuity hound, was he, from what I can read? Um, yeah, and, and you know, I think it's good to always have a book where you can just do that because yeah, totally. all the stories were one and done, and yeah, yeah. it's just you know a bit yeah. of fun. Well, um, let's, let's rewind a bit yeah. because we're getting a bit ahead mm. of ourselves. We've got other questions for you. So, um, are you a big fan of Christmas? As you probably well know, I'm a massive fan of Christmas. Love Christmas. Yeah, what about you? I'm I'm so so with it. Right. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not anti Christmas, but nor am I. Um, I, you know, we, we've got two Christmas trees up in the house. Right, um, already? Just nice because seat. that's the way, the way it goes. Uh, one of which is festooned with uh, comic-related um, ornaments hanging from it. It's, yes, uh, now you put that on the Slack. Anyone who's on the Slack, I, I posted a number of the pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, you put that up, and I I haven't replied to that yet because I don't – This is um, I'm quite into Christmas, but I insist we put our Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve. It's kind of like a family tradition. Fair enough. So mm-hmm. I, will, mm-hmm. I will be taking the pictures of the um, – the comic yep. ornaments then and send them to you. But yeah, yeah, I was a good sea man. He had a nice, what was it? You had a Batman theme one, didn't you? What was it you had? So I've got a number of Batman ones. Um, I've got a, a nice Superman animated one. Oh, cool. That came from the Warner Brothers store back in the day. I've got some cheap and nasty things that have been given to me by my family who think, oh, you like this? And you're like, going, yeah, but there's a reason I've not bought that in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I, we do that, but I'm not somebody who puts lights on the outside of the house. And, God no, no, those um, sort of people are weird. I think they're probably you know, um, sex terrorists. Those sort of people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and well, the 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 house opposite us, um, or one of the houses opposite us, we refer to as the Battlelands. In, um, right, which is the gig venue, isn't it, in Glasgow? Which, yeah, 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 because it, you know, and it, and you can know a big gig venue with lots of flashing lights on the outside, like, and they've got yeah. the big stars and everything, like the Battlelands has. So yeah. Anybody from uh, of the from the Scottish listing contingent that knows what the Battlelands looks like, that's what my neighbour <laughs> looks like during during December. Some kind anyway, of weird carny. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, but I'm I'm from a very small family, therefore Christmas has never been you know that 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 big a, a thing. Um, and as life has gone on, and I know it's one of your next questions. Yeah. Um, I I am awful to buy presents for. <laughs> well, I bought right. you a present for your birthday, and it took me a long time to find something. That I thought well, he's probably not got this. Well, yeah. So there's a com- combination. Of One is that if I see something I want, I'll, I I'm in the fortunate position where normally I can go buy it. Yeah. And if I can't afford it, then anyone who's buying it probably shouldn't afford it either. Or I've made the assessment going, that's not really worth the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which does make it really difficult. So I'm really difficult to buy for from that, which does mean that often extended family members will buy me something and go, you'll like this. Yeah. Socks <laughs> so with Batman like, on or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the best ever was a Batman, ba- sorry, a Batmobile soap dish. Oh, that sounds right. 
Yeah, you know, um, from uh, well, it'll be the Batman and Robin era, <laughs> 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 you know, movie memorabilia. Don't like. So anyway, that is, and that, yeah, I'll that take that back. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like on. Jeez, thanks. You found a soap dish in the in the shape of, of our Batmobile. Anyway, uh, <laughs> one of the best one of the best Batman toiletry products I ever got was a um, Batman the animated series um, bubble bath. The it's bubble shaped. bath. Were you, oh, with the screwed off head. Yes. Yeah, and it's but it's massive. It's like it's a it's like not having a nice statue. I just empty the. I don't. I'm not a big user of bubble baths. Might surprise you. But I just <laughs> empty the bubble bath out and use it as a statue. It's fucking lovely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have that. I I have that in a box somewhere. Um, <laughs> and there was they did a they did a bunch of bubble baths with um of in that that ilk that um oh, cool. where mainly it was heads that were just stuck on the top of bottles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, um, Batman animated series that were were cool from that sort of side. Do you um, um, so do yeah you... so that that makes bang for me definitely oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. yeah yeah. Do you do you have like any traditions? Do you sit down and think right? I'm going to run. I'm going to read this run of comics or I'm going to revisit this book or anything like that. Do you have something ready to go? Because I know you're a busy man at work and everything. And, do you, you know, it's a little bit of a rest for you, a couple of days with your feet up. Anything like that um, So, No, I'm more inclined to say, right, let's use this opportunity to get through something in the unread pile. Cool. So it's not, yeah, so yeah. I, I will take a tradition. So, yes, the tradition might be, I, you know, even if I'm at work, it's going to be a little bit quieter. So I'll probably have one of the books at the side of the desk where I can go, you know, I can dip in and out of this and, Get my myself ahead of something that's um, in the in the unread pile to yeah. to get through, um, and yeah, but but I don't revisit specifically at Christmas. Going, oh, that's the story I must revisit or, or, or okay, go back yeah. through. Um, yeah, I, I'm terrible for things like that. I really am. It, it's it, it's, <laughs> like, it's not that I am by humbug. It's just that I'm just like it's just another period of the year. <laughs> Mind you, those books sit there and guilt you, don't they? They 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 weigh heavily on my my guilt seeing all those unread comics and yeah i know what you mean sometimes just to get yeah. through it you, you, there's a slight sense of relief that you've you've not wasted your money <laughs> you know definitely yeah. uh, uh, or it's 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 one where you've gone yeah i'm looking forward to do that i must first find the time to actually get through that as a whole and just yeah this you know me time type thing um now yeah. now so, for those people who don't know about the brave and the bold the brave and the bold was initially it, it's it's quite a sort of quite a standout book a bit like adventure comics maybe showcase as well it's one of those books that changed what it was about occasionally um and eventually fell into being this sort of batman team-up book i mean when you think about it i think the teen titans premiered in there um they, they had hawkman in there suicide squad justice league strange sports if you remember that you know it jumped about and then in the 70s it became late 60s i think early 70s it became a Batman team up book, didn't it? I think it's a way it's yeah. It's, yeah, I mean it'd been running since fifty five. Um Yeah. So this and one it, go on, mate, sorry, come on. I was gonna say and it, it's quite odd that it, it did that. You know, because it became the third Batman book. Yeah. And then there were other team up books across both DC and and Marvel that that, that started around the same time. Yeah. Also doing team ups but with other characters. Yeah, so we had a little chat about this before we started, but I kind of the four biggies for me. You had um, Brave and the Bold, you had DC Comics Presents, which was the kind of to me the Superman version of this. Yeah, you had um, Marvel Two in One, which was the Thing and a, and a character, and you had Marvel Team Up, which was started as a, a, a sort of the Human Torch and Spider Man, then devolved into mm. Spider Man teaming up with other people mostly. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. the were, were you 
I mean, I think you said it there initially, didn't you? That it was kind of like you'd pick up Brave and the Bold if there was no other Batman books there. Is that right? Yeah. No, or, uh, or certainly that, that's me going backwards, picking them up as back issues. Oh, okay. Where, right. You know, it was because like, like, yeah, Brave and the Bold finished in 1983. Right. Um, I, I wasn't, uh, or I'm not saying I didn't read the Brave and the Bold in that period while as a kid, but it would have been literally just if that happened to be the thing in the newsagent or or going on holiday type thing. And it was an ideal thing for that, I think for, for grabbing it, but I didn't, you know, that, that wasn't really during my comic collecting phase that that came from about 1988, 89 onwards. Um, So very much it would be, you, you know, you pick up the Brave and Bold as the, if if you're filling in gaps or trying to, um, you know, just say, oh, I really like, the Phantom Stranger, so let's get the Phantom Stranger yeah. or stuff like that, um, which made for some 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 interesting stuff. And again, because it was standalone, it was was great from that ability to go right. I can just get the one issue and just just enjoy it. Yeah, I and I do think there's a big place for these team up books. That's where I was going with that man. That's interesting because to me, as a kid, and I, I was buying all four of them. I would buy because I didn't have un, you know unending money mm. as a kid. I would buy the ones that looked interesting, had an artist I liked, or had a character that, you know, Wood God or someone, you know, a character I'd yeah. never seen before. Oh, who's that? I'm going to get that comic. You know, it's a bit like that. And it was a way and- to introduce other characters. Now, these four titles have all gone. Um, they yeah. tr- they have tried to resurrect Marvel Team Up on occasion. It's not worked. Um, and to me, the reason being is these characters all cross over with each other all the time anyway now. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, Superman's in Batman this week, isn't he, and stuff, you know. Um, in um, he comes and helps him with that robot Batman thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, so you well, see it quite a lot. But we didn't see you it said there's four titles actually. There is a fifth title. Okay. The fifth title is World's Finest. Of course. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah. Man. So yeah. No, but here, here's the thing: we, we say these books have gone away, and we're not. We're, I very much see the team up books as being the books that people who are not comic collectors. Are more likely to read okay and that that's because and 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 that's where i think we've ended up in a position now that a lot of these sort of stories do still appear but they actually appear in the the proper kids newsagent versions of the batman books or the the okay. spider-man and friends type type thing yeah and and that's because you know if you're a kid and i mean you know you're going yeah I don't really care about 15 years of continuity or who this is or who that is. I want to go, right, I want to read about a, read a Spider-Man story or read a Batman story and, yeah, let, let's have Green Arrow in there to, to do a mix of that. Or Spider-Man's interacting with Thor or whatever yeah. without having to go into the what is the whole Avengers connection or where, you know, what is the makeup of the Justice League at the moment? God knows. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it's a case of, yeah, I can get in, I can, you know, have a bit of fun with it and just, you know, I don't, you know, and okay, something happens that doesn't really make sense in broader continuity, whatever. And I think, I think if you actually went and looked at some of the, the proper more kiddie comics yeah. that exist, you know, on the supermarket shelves, then this this would be there and you would actually have these sorts of stories happening in okay. that. I mean, I'm... Now, I don't think there's, there's no, you know, I think what ties to that is we actually go there was a good reason why one of the most recent Batman animated series 
Yeah. What was called Batman the Brave and the Bold. Which it comes and up it, first it, when you Google Brave and the Bold, doesn't it? You know, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it was for a slightly younger audience than the Batman animated series. But also featured that. I think I've gone, yeah, we'll just throw in weird and wonderful characters. Yeah, where it's yeah, a story like Batman and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know. Um, now, part of that is also because the more characters you have, the more toys you can sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I also think it is because you can kind of go, yeah, we just want to keep it interesting and fresh in terms of who's who's mixing in with who. Yeah, I agree, man. I think as well, I think is we forget with the sort of the, the lengthy storytelling techniques that people use now, let's put it that way, you know, the decompressed storytelling techniques, is there are team-up books, but they're, they're miniseries now. So there was a Spider-Man and Deadpool. You know, there was a Wolverine and Deadpool. There was a Wolverine and Spider-Man. You know, they, they tend to be little short series because the art of getting in telling a story and getting out again seems to be lost on the modern generation of writers you know and i think this sort of one-off thing they i think writers are afraid these days of using all their ideas up on one issue and they'll have no more left you know um bob bob haney was clearly just mad for telling stories wasn't he you know because everything is different um I, i also think the words per page has changed yes i agree with um, totally. you yeah. know because reading this versus reading one of the monthly titles that's currently at the moment the you know the number of words per word balloon is a lot higher in a 1978 79 book yeah than it was than it is today yeah um yeah let's let's that, talk that, a little a bit problem. let's that's mm. a good point for us to talk a little bit about bob haney um born in 1926 um yeah, the fit um and Died on the 25th of 11th of November 2004, born in Philadelphia. Very active in DC. Um, kind of seen as a bit of a sort of wacky guy, I think, especially in, in relation to his <laughs> stories. Um, he wrote The Brave and the Bold for decades, and is kind of well-known, I think, for doing that one. Grew up reading Prince Valiant and Flash Gordon. First published, his story was in Black Cat number 9, January 1948. So the dude's going back a bit. He's, you know, he was, uh, he'd been in comics for many decades by this point. He started off working across a number of different comic companies, including Fawcett, Hillman, Standard, and, and some more. Um, but with the arrival of Wortham, let's call it that, it put a pay to a lot of comic companies. And he kind of um, landed permanently at DC, um, he wrote. His, there's a couple of landmark things he wrote. He wrote the first appearance of Sergeant Rock. Um, he created Eclipso in the House of Secrets issue 61 in 1963, and he wrote the first Doom Patrol. Um, he co-created the Teen Titans, so that's something that's still going with Bruno Premiani. And uh, in Brave and Bold number 54, there you go, back in the Brave and Bold, but that was in 1964. Um, Haney and Ramona Fredon created Metamorpho in Brave and Bold 57. So that was a period of great creativity, wasn't it? Um, and he also, him and Howard Purcell created the Enchantress in Strange Adventures 187, which is the mm. character that appeared in the Suicide Squad movie, the first one. Yeah. If you remember? Yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. Um, often quoted as his best story was with um, uh, Take a Drink Alex Toth called Dirty <laughs> Job, not the sort of thing that we do, in Our Army at War 241. Um, and he, but he kind of became a bit of a sort of, a lot of the accounts I've read sort of describe him as becoming a bit outdated. Um and he got moved off to um, animation. I think he ended up working in uh, Thundercats. And there is one interesting fact, which I have only read one in one place, and I haven't. I've had something that compares to it slightly elsewhere. But that he was Chevy Chase's ne- Chevy Chase is his nephew. I don't know. Actually, that's enough. quite interesting. If that's <laughs> if it's true, that would be brilliant. You know, um, as, as I often say to my team at work, 
if you say it with enough confidence, yeah, that's become for a somebody fact to now, challenge you on it, right? So yeah, he you. was Chizzy Cheese, is it nephew? There you go. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Just, just genius. Wrong, Silent Bob. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Plastic Man. Are you a fan of Plastic Man? Yes, you is, are. Is okay. The, you know, because I think he's a character that. Well, sorry. Yes, if he's handled correctly. Right? Okay. And I think there's you, you need to kind of go. He's supposed to be a silly character in some ways, but yeah. with an underlying bit of a you know of a, of a good heart. And that, you know, so there, there's there's all things like that, but it should always be you know come with a degree of, of silliness. Um, and I think you know the the, the Kyle Baker storyline set that he did yeah, was absolutely good. spot on, where he just went, you know what, we're just going to make this really fun. You know, and, and have good things that come with it, but it's just a good, fun character. Yeah, I think Dean Haspiel did some stuff as well, which was pretty fun. Yeah. You know, it had that, yeah. it was very Jack Cole, I think, a lot of the art in that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, there's Evan Dorkin did one as well. Oh, I think okay. In the Wednesday comics. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, is, again. It, we need to do a talk about Wednesday comics one day, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was a comic. Uh, that was a good place. Did the, the hard copy there? I'll need a bigger desk. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so that's right. my my problem is when you move them into outright DC continuity, is arguably he is his power levels are almost where would you place him on it on DC yeah. base? Um because he can just about do anything, and you know you. He can kill anybody quite easily using his powers if he wishes yeah. to, and you can't kill him because you you can shoot him and he doesn't get shot. And who knows, you know? So it's it and and you then go where where does he stop and elongated man begin in terms of of, of the mix. So there, there's a little bit of an issue with with that. Um, I also think I know you've talked about Alex Ross recently and and people yeah. doing over you know over rendering of characters when when you put him into that sort of ilk. It just looks wrong to me. It yeah. to be, you know, because it loses that that cartoonish. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's had his phases of being. He was in the Justice League for a while, and then he was in that that series from about six, seven years ago called The Terrifics. If you read mm. that one, yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I think he's only good enough for a while. You know, to be funny for a while. Um, I'm sure somebody, you know, Tom King or someone, has his like. Plastic Man is depressed and now turned evil mm. theories going on. I hope they keep turning that, those ideas down. Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> seem... We, we need woozy winks, don't we? We need all this sort of thing going well, that, on. Yeah. yeah. That's a, he has a funny cast that goes with him. And yeah. this is my point. It needs to be a little bit of fun. He should be that piece of humour that comes with... You know, put him beside Batman and go, yeah, I'm the... Uh, you know, I'll be the foil. Yeah. But the, the problem there is, if you put him there, there's other characters you can't put in the mix as well. Yeah, you and can't that, have the Joker. I'd I say think. the Joker's probably out of bounds if you've got, you know... Uh, you, you can't put... Or he shouldn't be in the same Justice League as the Blue Beetle and um, Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same... Because it's the same type of humour. It's it's that sort of... Sort of thing. Yeah. But that, you know... So, does he work as a character? Very, very much so. Yeah. He has, you know, a potted history of, you know, because... Uh, you know which company he's belonged to in some ways. Yeah. You know, going through quality comics before going into to DC comics. Yeah. And therefore, it is that whole well, 
when all these companies start merging into one big company, you're you've got characters that are quite similar in how you you know you, you play them off. Well, that's but the nature of DC, work, isn't it? That's how I mean. That's DC is like basically a number of companies all joined together, isn't it? You know, and when you think yeah. he came, he came out of quality, um, Police Comics number one, August nineteen forty one. In fact, funny enough, friend of the show Paul Kupperberg literally just tweeted that Plastic Man was the best comic book feature of the nineteen forties. That's interesting. Paul's Paul's a man who knows his stuff. Um, I think I first read him in, I'm going to say Adventure Comics, or I possibly had that solo, short-lived solo series of him before that. What about you, man? Can you remember? Ooh. You know what? I've got absolutely no idea where I first came across him. Yeah. The, the The first thing that always comes to my mind is the Kyle Baker series. Okay, but yeah, you that, yeah. that. That's not the 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 first appearance I would have would have seen of him at all. Um, again, I suppose the, there there is that interesting thing about was it him or was it elongated man that you yeah. saw first? Um, yeah, uh, you know what? That that's probably stumped me as to what my my first <laughs> crossing over with Plaster Man would be. I always used to look um, at him and think, has he got Elvis's glasses on? You know, he's got those sort yeah. of weird goggly glasses things on there, which I kind of thought were cool. But but he's in a sort of weird strongman. Yeah, with like a string across the front of it. Yeah, it's very strange, yeah. isn't it? But it works yeah. with the colours. The colours work brilliantly because they play off against stuff in, for example, dreary Gotham and, you know, you know you've got that sort yeah. of bright redness going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I, I always love it when the, the, when people play with it of going like, yeah, he's hiding in plain sight. And you're looking for that, you know. Oh, there's a table in the corner that happens to have the color scheme. And, <laughs> no, and you go, yeah. ah, it's him. Oh, yeah, who knew? Spot it. it's, yeah, yeah, it's that, like a Where's Wally nice. thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nice, nice with it. Created by Jack Cole, who we know I noticed earlier, and we were chatting about on the Slack, was born on this very day in 1914. Um, he died on the 13th of August 1958. Sadly, by he killed himself by shooting himself. Um, he was known really for me, I think, for plastic man and then he's also known for some sort of cartoons he did a number of which are in playboy and he used to use the pen name geo nagel um an early comics job was for lev gleason publications where he revamped the golden age daredevil the one that for kids these days will probably recognize of having appeared in savage dragon a few years ago um he then created midnight a spirit style character with a monkey assistant but in the 40s he um he pretty much lived and worked at quality and he also worked with Will Eisner and assisted on the spirit. So he was—he sort of learned his learned his skills under Eisner, working on that strip. And I think he ghosted quite a few pages for Eisner at the time, which is quite interesting. Um, later on, he was also known for the newspaper strips Million Terry and Betsy and Me. There's, there's, a, there's a theme going on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely beautiful line work, man. I just I just love seeing his work. Um, these uh, Simon Russell stuck a thing on there. Um, I think magazine name is it called comic art is it uh, he's he put oh, have you seen this magazine and i actually bought it like a month ago in gosh and it has a lot of the newspaper um strip stuff you know some of the illustration stuff in there it's beautiful real um fluidity of line in his work you know which suits obviously um his plastic man stuff exactly because you can bend and shape the characters as you see fit yeah yeah, yeah. um now this this is a funny one because this is also we've already dealt with apparel previously with Dame when Damien was on the show. Mm. Um, but so I'm, I'm not going to specifically talk about sure. apparel at the moment, but I think it's probably worth mentioning um, Joe Staten, um, um, who I'm an absolute fan of. I love Joe's work. Um, yeah. And I know you've got, um, you've got an original from him as well, haven't you? 
so yeah, I, I met him at New York Comic Con in two thousand and eight. I think it was. So yeah, I think obviously. mine says yours says NYCC two thousand and eight, and mine says NYCC two thousand and nine. I don't know. I was looking at them when we sent them to each other earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've got a shadow, which he has dedicated actually to, to Walter Gibson. Ah, um, oh, yes. Which is quite, quite yeah. nice. Because, um, uh, yeah. So always nice when you go, oh, you actually properly know who the character is. Yeah, I think, stuff. as I understand it, um, he was. Um, I was chatting to Boland, of all people, and their mates, and that's what he was talking about was pulp stuff with me. Yeah. And he was talking yeah, about yeah, how his yeah. mate Joe's into it as well. Yeah, so that's an interesting yeah. dynamic. So it's a, weird, it's a weird connection. He's a really interesting artist in terms of the spread of work that he's yeah. done. From the full-blown superhero spandex detailed elements through to, you know, including things like Space 1999 as well, in yeah. terms of the sort of detailed stuff. All the way through to being probably one of the biggest Scooby Doo artists, yeah, of, yeah, know, of all time, in terms of comics of that worked. Well, that's what mine is. And, Mine's and, a Velma. Yeah, he's got, I've got a, yeah. a sketch of Velma. Yeah, yeah. I know, and he, he's done you know some some Archie as well. And I, but that, that's a weird sort of weird mix and balance that that, that comes across from that. And and, you know, and sounds the same. What you know, normally you would pigeonhole artists and say, oh yes, you're a superhero artist or you're a a cartoony artist or you know whatever. But if he, he's done the, the full full gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um. So born in 1948, North Carolina. Um, like many of the people we've talked about here, he started at Charlton. Um, Charlton seems to be a sort of a spawning ground of a lot of really great artists. And he used and he after working there, he also developed his character E-Man. Um, mm. uh, at, at that company, E-Man being a character, I'm a fan of. You know, and he's and E-Man has appeared at, at least five different companies over the years. Um, a very after a very brief job at Marvel. Where, as I've read, he inked some Gil Kane, believe it or not. Interestingly, mm. now there's two artists you wouldn't put together somehow in my head. No. Yeah. No. Um, he went to DC and worked um, on the new JSA comics, which I think is probably where I first noticed him. Um, and worked on some Batman as well, uh, and also had a hand in the creation of Power Girl and Huntress at the time. Um, that that's the sort of I always think of that JSA as the one that comes before All-Star Squadron, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and in that there's a very distinctive style. You can see it's Staten, can't you, to me? Um, do you think? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and I think he... The other character I always quite associated with him in terms of having a particular image is Guy Gardner. Yeah, um, yeah. Because of the way he seems to draw him with a very flat top of the head. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's Ken McGuire does it as well. But you know, you you can you can have that view of them. I mean, I think the first first real exposure I had to him was the Huntress series that he did, which was the reinvention of the Huntress. Yeah. Um, when she had her own title, um, again because it was kind of a, a sub bat title. Okay. Got back yeah. into comics. Um, and but yeah, the, as I say, always you know the I've, I've fond memories of Guy Gardner Reborn, which was the. I think it was, it was a miniseries that was a game, was it prestige format? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I think you're right, man. Um, yeah, 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 I remember that. And that's, that's something again, because it had a and it had a proper look about it in terms of the you know the way he put that character together and and it, that he was starting to cross the bounds there, I think, of going f to be a little bit more cartoony in, as well. But okay. it, it really, really yeah. worked for that character. Yeah. Um, so he's so again, he's, that's the that that weird breadth of of that he has. 
Yeah, so he, he did that initial stint at DC and then he moved over to um, First Comics from their inception pretty much. And he worked as their art director over there. He's quite an interesting character. If you do any research into First Comics, he talks about you know the boom and bust of First Comics and how he watched it You know, as an art director. Mm. Um, when, he referred, when he returned to DC, I actually thought he was, he was considered quite a hot artist at the time. There was a lot of sort of panels, you know, sort of... Um, a lot of stuff in stuff like Amazing Heroes and, you know, interview and all these sort of things, talking about him. And over here as well in Speakeasy, talking about him being hot because of his work on Green Lantern at the time. Uh, and he also then became... So it's it's not as noticed, it wasn't as noticeable then, but a hot artist will be put on an event book. You know, we saw it with mm. Perez on, you know, yeah. Crisis and all this sort of Zek on Super... You know, um, um, thingy what's the fucking thing um anyway moving on and he <laughs> and he uh and he he ended up um on millennium which is kind of a, a much forgotten event over at dc i don't think it's on the app either i tried Isn't to find it, it on the app actually. yeah it's a funny term to search for on there it's a lot of stuff comes back it, you know. well yeah because the yeah there was secret the wars that's what i was thinking of out my mind's gone <laughs> right okay yeah yeah no the millennium series is yeah the the first major DC crossover after Crisis. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And it's, it's the Manhunter it's thing, right. wasn't it? The sort of continuation yeah. from that. Yeah, mm. it's it, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, you know, it's been a long time since I read it, uh, but I remember you know it, it was that sudden. It was the book where you went, oh yeah, everyone's got somebody hidden in their own title as well, who is a Manhunter in disguise. Of course, um, and, yeah, and we got that Manhunter series after that, didn't you? we? Yeah, are you? Are you really? Um, so uh, yeah, you know, this is a of that. Look, he as I, I really like him as an artist. Um, yeah, he's also just a really nice guy. He is. He's, he's, he's him and his missus seem to always be in New York, and I always stop and speak to them, and they're all lovely. Yeah. yeah. Now he went from the the hotness at DC, and in recent years, he's like you said, he's done a lot of work on Scooby Doo. Um, he's done um, a lot of work on Richie Rich, and he's done Archie's Jughead, and he's he's even done some Femme Force, believe it or not. But to me, and this is kind of me retrospectively examining his previous art career, his work on Dick Tracy is so in line with the tradition of Tracy that yeah. I almost feel like it's, it's in a backwards way, influenced how I read his previous books. So when I'm reading, like you say, like that Guy Gardner book, or when I'm reading you know, Green Lantern Corps or something, I'm thinking, this is like the Green Lantern yeah. Corps of Dick Tracy. You know, they've all got that sort of, distinctive yeah. style to them you know like there's that cartoony I, comic strip thing going on you know I, I hadn't put the two together but now you say that i immediately know what you mean <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah. Isn't it? and the one that really gets me for that is the pis mike mauser and miss tree when he did that series um yeah. over at first <laughs> and mike mauser is basically a dick tracy character isn't he you know um you know that makes a lot of sense in terms of how you know and it yeah, in retrospect, I, I, yeah, so thinking it backwards, though, you're right. It, it does, I can see. I don't see it in, in this Brave and the Bold. No, I don't at all. But, yeah, um, that's a good point, man. It shows how powerful right. Apero, Apero was, isn't it? You know, yeah. yeah, but you're right. In terms of that sort of Guy Gardner book, and that, it definitely makes sense how that sort of ties in. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, we've got some other things to talk about here. We did agree we would talk about this. So um, we've talked mm -hmm. about the story. We've talked about the writer and the artist. We talk about the characters. And now we're going to talk for the first time we on this show and with me and you, we're going to talk about the adverts in this comic because they're crackers, aren't they? They're so evocative yeah. and nostalgic. Um, so I think the biggie for me, um, well, it, let's face it, we're in the season of relentless consumerism now, aren't we? So mm. let's talk about some consumerism in comics when things were slightly more innocent, I think. Um, inside cover 
you know, what a time to be alive, Superman the movie. <laughs> you know, a full a full page Superman the movie. Um, which I saw the pictures yeah. where the, the 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 house master of my boarding division took us all to see Superman the movie, and still my favourite Superman movie. Quite Superman one and Superman two. Bear in mind they were shot together, weren't they? Still, quite possibly my favourite superhero movies ever. I, I am very very proud of you. <laughs> I, I, I really really thought you were going to open up with the fact that Superman was coming for Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, you knew. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's okay. so yeah. Anyway, you're yeah. right. You're you're immediately going. Yeah. This is this is this and this positions this in terms of that that whole thing about you know. This is which superheroes were were fun. Yeah. Where it was all about positivity. It was all you know, you know, pulling people together. And you know, I watched the Batman the other week there, and oh, oh my god, it's just so depressing and dark. And you're like, <laughs> right. I'm not saying it was a bad movie, and there was some really good acting in it, and I like the interpretation of some of the characters. But you know, this is you know, the Superman. Yeah, I I see that advert. It's like watching fucking Hostel. You know, <laughs> but I see this advert for Superman the movie at right at the start of this book. And it, it pushes me back to being a child again. Yeah. And it makes me go, right, I'm happy. I'm going to be, in, in, you know, gonna, let's get into this. I'm happy already. Um, and then we move on to, and here's something I miss. Okay. And again, it properly dates on it. I'm going to take you to page four of this comic. Yeah. And the very, very bottom of that, when did we stop having the commentary that says, continued in the third page following yeah i was slightly obsessed with that as a kid and i don't know why i just sort of used to think wow what oh right you know i'm i think it's a good idea because we're seeing these comic strips or comic pages appearing as adverts now and i'm starting to oh hang on this is a fucking ever and it's taken me out of the story so you need Mm. something like that at the bottom of the page to say look essentially it's saying okay there is wonder woman in an advert you know for hostess cupcakes in the next page but it is an advert you know yeah um, and it wouldn't be the seventies or or eighties magazine without a advert for Hostess Cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. Is that Kurtz on that page? Uh, I know he did quite a few of them, didn't he? I know Ooh. Bob Rosakis wrote some of them. I'm um, thinking, is it? I don't know if it is. Don't look like him to me. No, I don't think it isn't. Nor is it Garcia Lopez. I don't it's think. Not someone like Don Heck inked over, is he by someone? It's an interesting one. Maybe we'll have to find that one out. That was an interesting challenge one about saying, yeah, who, yeah. It, it, look, and it, but it's nice as well because this was the time again where, and again, this place is booked with me. You know, hostess, I never had hostess cupcakes. I've I never had, had one. a Twinkie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had a <laughs> Twinkie of, since when I was in America, but yeah, like but, like decades went by where I didn't have a Twinkie. Yeah. But you always, you know, it, it just gives you a great feel when it, and you know, using one room to advertise these things. That's that, that's a great way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, before, go on, mate. Sorry. Yeah, only go. I've got one important, important question yeah. for you. Can I mm. ask you this question? Then we'll move on to that. Now, the, uh, you see the page of sea monkeys, real, real life <laughs> yeah. fun pets you grow yourself. Did you ever find the mum in the sea monkeys quite sexy? Um, <laughs> I, I presume this is the same sort of question as did you? Um, what was my opinion of Bugs Bunny dressed when up he dressed up as a lady? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only one dollar twenty-five, and you get this sexy sea monkey lady. Allegedly, that's quite cool. So, what are sea monkeys? No. Do you know? And they're little shrimps. Oh right. Okay. 
and I, I, only because I did look this up. <laughs> well, well, as part of the um, the prep for this, where it's, um, yeah, they end up being little shrimps that um, basically the, you can get the dried eggs and the eggs will still hatch. Right. Okay. <laughs> and they're pretty easy to look after. But beyond that, you're then it's you know it's it, it's the aquatic aversion of having an ant farm. Yeah, isn't it? And they all die quite quickly. I'm guessing. Eventually, yeah. I mean, yeah. When they've gone, they've gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, they look nothing like the, the the picture of what they suggest. There, they are literally li little shrimp type type things. <laughs> um, and I'm going to quickly yeah. draw your attention to another advert here. Now, this falls into um, Tony's um, adverts of comics I never saw or bought, um, and it's the thrilling adventure, and it's the Scalp Hunter and Jonah Hex comics. Which that mm. advert appeared quite a few times. And I remember thinking, he's arm wrestling Abraham Lincoln there, that's cool. Who went mm. and I've never still to this day read that comic. I'd like so to. It's weird, yeah, it's it's weird western tales featuring yeah. Scalp Hunter. Um No, no not not a bit I I I don't remember ever buying or, or owning yeah. in, in terms of it. It was a bit like Action Comics five hundred. That was an advert for seemingly Donkey Jeers. And it took me over a decade to actually get that comic. I just I don't think it made it to my news agents or something, you know. Yeah. I thought you were going to take us to the full colour poster spectacular. Oh, that is which, on my list. That is on my list. <laughs> where, where you can order up your Farrah Fawcett. Um, actually, it's not Farrah Fawcett, is it? Is she on there? Oh. She, yeah, she, uh, L.A. Farrah. There is she. L.A. Farrah. Yeah, um, you got uh, Linda Carter. Oh. I don't know who Anne's, Miss Anne's Miss Linda Carter. Um, yeah. You got, who's that on their shoulders? Who's that? I don't know who that is. Uh, the Coneheads, who were at, at the time, I think, were on uh, Saturday Night Live, SNL, but we hadn't yeah. seen them because they were in a movie mm. a couple of years later, weren't they? Um, a giant uh, lad. <laughs> and um, there is an advert for a... Um, who is it? It's um, Donnie and Marie, who I found just really creepy as a kid. I'll be honest with you. Their brother and yeah, sister so this is... seemed weird. Yeah. So the, it's, the one I find really weird is the page before yeah. that particular advert for the posters. Which is one of these pages of comic adverts in where it's like I don't know how many you know, it's it's like a listing advert. There's yeah. there's it's one like two, the one three, we had four, in five, um, six, DUI, eight, 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 isn't it? Where you got loads on yeah, the page. There's yeah, there's just just loads and loads of little little adverts, including <laughs> your your option to order up Velvet Touch life size dolls. <laughs> yeah, of of Elvis and Travolta and whatever. So, Sean and Danny, yeah. they were the Hardy Boys, weren't they? Um. Is it the I Hardy think... Boys or were they the the? Um... <sighs> I think they were the actors who played the Hardy Boys. The Dukes, or is it the Dukes of Hazard? No, then it is the Hardy Boys. Yeah, I remember the Hardy Boys and Nancy right, Drew yeah. was a sort of yeah. two-year series. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So the, anyway, but it's also you know there's options in here to have the Atlas body to Classic. Um, yeah get your comic book. You would send away to get the comic book list of comics that were man i did that buy. i sent away you for know. them all the time the uh, sometimes you'd send away to america and never get anything and then sometimes you would send away to the uk and i remember having like comic listings i've still got a few of them here actually that um got sent back to me you know through the post and then you ordered you ticked off what you wanted and ordered them posted it back again yeah none of this online nonsense i used, <laughs> I used to love i used to think oh my god comics for sale 1940s to 1976 what amazing yeah. comics could i get you know yeah and there was always and, and, the high school diploma one there. It was always seemingly floating about. And they, they love their rings, don't they? You could always get a high school ring. Yep. Some of these comics had a big double-page card insert, didn't they? Which was just yeah. pictures of rings, wasn't it? 
Um, yep, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, and then you, the ability to sell grit newspapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which again just takes me back. These were the, and this is the thing about picking up comics from America in the seventies. Well, and this is what made comics exotic. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense, you're going. There's things here. No, I don't know what a slim Jim is. Yeah. You know, and it's this. This is from another world, and that's and that makes the rest of the comic that that exciting and, and different. Um, to me, I want to be clear about this. I've pointed this out to you a couple of times. Slim Jims, they're all meat, so your mum will probably love them just as much as you will. <laughs> Which involves so, me just your saying, your mum love meat. Yes. Yeah, your mum. <laughs> that's what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the double page insert, I, I really mm. takes me back as well. So there's um. It's an advert over three pages, basically, but the the main two comes at comes in the staple, and it's um a, a classic collection of Action Comics one, um which I owned that one. I think my father bought me for it, and I being I mean, I think it's the dude from um, Dead Universe was telling me that was much sought after because they didn't reprint it for a while, and the other one was um kind of a movie magazine, wasn't it, about Superman mm. the movie. Um, which was kind of cool. And then following on from that was kind of like toys you could get in association with the movie and more. But one, the one that yeah. really caught my eye was the there was like a Batman utility belt, which was fucking yeah. brilliant. It just looked brilliant. And I still to this day have not um, seen one in real life. Have you? Um, I haven't, but I can imagine it's cheap plastic that you'd be disappointed when you saw it in real life. Yeah. Yeah. But also in the bottom corner there, there's three books, and this is yep. there's a Batman book there that I covet. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the few Batman hardcovers I do not own, um, and it's Batman from the 30s to the, until the 70s, um, and it just never comes up. Right. Okay. <laughs> or or when it does come up, it's ripped to bits and costs, and it still costs fifty quid, and I'm like, no, I'm not paying that money for that. Um, but it, it, it's yeah, as I say, it's one of the one of the books that I cover. Um, I wonder if it was distributed one, over here because day, a lot of the stuff day. wasn't, you know. Oh no, it wouldn't be. And uh, you know, it, this is a collection before they did collections. Yeah, That's yeah, it was it really was. It. I mean, I th- did we have the Marvel Origins book at this point? I'm not sure actually. I'd have to check. Mm. I have to check. I've got them on the shelf over there, but I'd have to check. But the, the thing is, what a lot of kids think. Um, Oh yeah, all the comics they were over here. You know, you couldn't get them. But there's a lot of comics that were never distributed in the UK, so we didn't see them. I've got yeah. a couple in front of me actually. I've got um, Batman Family number four eight one, which wasn't distributed in the UK. And um, I've also got where is it? Um, Detective Comics four eight eight, which wasn't distributed in the UK. So if you wanted to get these issues, you'd have to send away to the US to get them. Sounds mad, but you know. Um, well, and so the, the version of the Brave and the Bold that you have, because yeah. mine mine is a UK version. It's twelve pence, right? Yeah, it's um, you know, and that and those were the days when they did multiple covers for different parts of the world and put the actual price on for the thing, which actually makes some of these books wanted in the states because yeah. it's an yeah, alternate it's the pen, cover the version. Yeah, 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 um, which is just odd. Yeah, and I remember that. I remember that. Mine's a twelve pence one, the one that Pete sent me. And I remember the change from twelve p to fifteen p because my maths had worked out how many I could get for twelve, you know, in a pound or something, you know. And then when it changed to fifteen, still to these days, I can multiply things by twelve and fifteen, due to having sort of standing in the news agents working out how many coins I had in my pocket, you know. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, those were the days. 
Um, any other adverts that sort of caught your eye there, Al? Um, no, that's it. There is something I do need to point out okay. that I want to ask you about. On page five, yeah, right? Well, no, we love that version of the Batmobile. It's a very nice one. But see the very, very first word balloon. Is that a typo? Um, where it says, check, I haven't seen you since we last tangled with Ruby Rider. Do you think that's where Bob Haney's gone to the editor? Can we check that? That was the last time they actually saw each other. Oh, I see what you mean. I actually think this is right because I was listening to an Earth 2 podcast and they were talking about Ruby Rider and she's a sort of glamorous uh, tycoon woman um, who appeared, mm. who, get, who hires Batman. Um, no, hires Batman? I can't remember. So you hire someone. But the... They didn't. I think they both did meet with her, but I think yeah, you might be right in that he's he's sort of hedging going, his bets a can, bit, isn't he? Can, yeah. Can somebody check that that is the last time they met? Yeah. So <laughs> when he's when somebody writes into the letters page for you know Brave and the Bold one hundred and fifty, it says, "Oh, I think you'll find you know as comic fans I want to." And then it's mm, the easy yeah. get out of jail, isn't it? For who was the editor of this? Paul Levitz was it? Yeah. Paul Levitz could easily write. Well, it was Batman had forgotten that. That's why he was asking him. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. You might be right, man. Yeah, that's a good point actually. <laughs> And um, what's the if if anyone does get this and or goes onto the DC app, can somebody please tell me what the hell's going on on page sixteen? All right, why is that? Um, that that's the one where Plastic Man collects all the plastic snowflakes by making his head. Oh it's, yeah, and it goes through his brain. That goes one through his brain and out, out his mouth. Yeah, I thought that when I was reading it. The <laughs> thing I thought is it's convenient that Batman keeps a helicopter in the boot of his car. Yes. <laughs> Oh, there's some uh, there's some brilliant bits. I, I love the snorkel nose as well. There's, there's yeah, there, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody the listener about that. If you want to know about the snorkel nose, go read this book. Go get it. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love the fact when the, the the goons are all having to put the Christmas decorations back. They're all sweating, aren't they? Like he's working and really hard. I know, been made to wear their you know dad vests. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their wife beaters, as they call them in the states. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about here as well mm. is we're going to talk about the Daily Planet, um, which was a kind of used to sit in most comics, DC comics. Not everyone; they didn't all have them, but it was a real staple for me, and I used to love reading it. Um, now, this is the early the early version of what later becomes called Direct Currents, and then and then a number of other things. Paul Kubberg had a hand in writing a lot of this stuff. Direct Currents being the news, just the news paragraph in the Daily Planet. But did you want to explain what it was, Al? Yeah, so it, it was kind of the, as you say, it was the, it was the, the internet page before there was an internet. Yeah. Where it was, you know, let, let's give you a little bit of background on what's happening elsewhere in the DC universe. Let's, you know, give you some insight to answer some Q and A that, that that may be there, um, and and talk about things that are coming up and, and and not just in that sense of going oh the next you know here's the next issue or here's some of the issues that are coming out ultimately i think as well this, this spawned direct currents which was the the standalone glossy comic sized newspaper thing that they did for yeah. it yeah which always had that here's the list of the, the the books coming out in the next coming month but it always had a first couple of pages that were a synopsis of something coming out or a wee interview yeah. with, with one of the creators. And that's kind of what this is in terms of, uh, you know, it's got this thing about saying, here are some of the stories that are coming up. Here are some questions around saying, you know, do the staff help you answer the all the other questions? And, and Or, you know, what do you have planned for Action Comics number 500? 
yeah you know, things like that where it's people are going oh yeah we're keeping it up it's a very special surprise it doesn't really get anywhere or tell anything about it but it gives that chance for the you know the editors just to to give some it's some that, inter- it's that thing that you know that stan is often credited with the starting is that fan interaction thing isn't it um, yeah, that's the sort of thing. It's like I mean, one one of my favourite bits of it was the Ask the Answer Man, um, which mm. I used to read avidly, and um, Bob Rosakis Rosakis is the um, who's also the writer of Amazing Man as well as a lot of other comic styling stuff, and um, he had the job of answering a lot of these questions, um, and I think he relied on E Nelson Bridwell as well, who had sort of this encyclopedia knowledge of DC, um, and. It started because Bob got a job as a sort of intern, a new employee to to highlight to index adventure comics and detective comics, and he kind of got this knowledge of it. He later scripted quite a lot of stuff. He scripted Teen Titans, Freedom Fires, Aquaman, um, yeah, and the Hostess Fruit Pie adverts as well, believe it or not. But I used to read these, and Bob used to kind of frighten me a little bit because he was very short <laughs> in his answers, wasn't he? There'd always be a question that he clearly thought was just fucking stupid. So there was always a question about, there was a couple of times you saw the question, why is it called DC? And he'd always answer, answer it by saying, as I've said before, try listening. You know, it's almost like that. It comes from detective yeah. comics. You know, well, and it, this one it's why is the parasite purple? <laughs> yeah, and he, the answer is, why not? Yeah, you know? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can imagine just one of those editors that moves because it just is. Yeah, right? fuck's sake. And also, there's always one about, oh, I've got um, issue three of Commandy, how much it's is worth. And you know these poor kids, they've written in thinking they've got this expensive comic because they've heard that comic books are worth some money. And he always mm. just says, 30 cents. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, but th- th- I loved reading them, you know. Um, and occasionally you used to get a little bit of information out of them, didn't you? Um, like, for yeah, example, what happened well, to Jimmy but... Olsen's own magazine? It was incorporated with Lois Lane and Supergirl to create Superman Family. I thought, oh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. that is where it or, came from. Listen, you know, why can't the Kid Flash join the Legion? Well, go read the following titles and you'll see why. Type thing. Yeah, yeah, um, or, and things like that. It was those sorts of sort of little things that were the throwaway um, stuff. But yeah, and, you know, and there was this. It, it, it's great for putting the comic into timepieces where it does talk about you know, what are the other books are coming up. So you know, this ties in with. The fortieth anniversary of um, of the Dark Knight, yeah, oh, sorry, of the Batman appearing. So therefore, he's, um, Detective Number Four Hundred and Eighty Three was the fortieth anniversary book. Yeah, I yeah. I could never have told you that. That's that's just yeah, me neither, man. That, that ties yeah. Together. Yeah. I'd buy a book that is just these. You know, well, I've still got my collection of the Derek Currents that I, I don't have all of them. Sadly. Right, okay, um, but it's um, you know, it because it was a a great and comic book news was the other one that came out about that time in the, the early 90s yeah where you would get you know it was a freebie it was given away at the, the the comic shop but it had had things in it as well that were interesting yeah. and, and, and worth slightly after well i think marvel did it in various sort of versions it stopped for a while and then came back again but they would do like a little checklist of all the books that are coming out this month and yeah i would look at it and, so i've got some comics where i've ticked off the ones i've got you know mm. and mm. now someone would say to me oh have you seen you know Catwoman versus, you know, the Blue Beetle is on issue five, and I'll go. I didn't know there was a Catwoman versus the Blue Beetle, and that was Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh... yeah. And this, this is a cracking one. So, talking about what we talked about previously, uh, also in this issue, the Human Target turns movie star in the Lights Camera dot 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 murder contract by Len Wein and Howard Chaykin. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it means. I was going to say, you know, we we 
talk about all these things are interconnected. I, I refer you, and given that this was a randomly chosen book, basically, yeah. I refer you to the second letter on the letters page. Okay, right. Where I would love to see a 25-page um, um, co-starring the Batman, the Shadow, and the Human Target in number 150. Yeah. And it goes on to talk about Denny O'Neill and, and the Shadow teaming up. Uh, and I'm like... Yeah. Didn't that happen recently? <laughs> we had a little touch of that, didn't well, we, recently? It, it, yeah. it, it does, but it was more the fact that, you know, what, what are the odds that you and I could randomly pick a Brave and the Bold that actually mentions the Shadow? Yeah, we're living <laughs> in the Matrix. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's cracking, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, dear. No, I enjoyed this, man. I like I like this sort of mm. thing. I like reading this. I do I do really like, like you say, picking up odd Brave and Bold's Marvel 2 ones, you know, and stuff like that that I haven't seen before. Um, and it always surprises you. There's, there's, you know, occasionally it'll just be, you know, Superman and Green Arrow, you know, this sort of thing. And then occasionally you'll get something strange. And I think the last yeah. issue of Brave and Bold was one of my favourites, which was Batman and Batman, wasn't it? Yeah. Issue 200, yeah. which I remember has been quite a classic story. Of the two Earths, wasn't it, back then? Multiple Earths, so therefore you could have that crossover of how the yeah. two of them would interact with each other. Yeah, really They good. kind of you know, built up to that as well, the, the other issues in the, just before the 200 stuff. And why did it stop? Because they started Batman and the Outsiders. Yeah, um, I've heard conflicting stories. One saying the sales weren't up, and then the other one saying where well, they wanted to move Batman into this team book. Um, but to me, Brave and Bold did become Batman and the Outsiders. You know, I just stopped buying Brave and Bold yeah. and picked up The Outsiders, naturally. Mm. Um, which Batman eventually left. But, I mean, that was a couple of years down the line, I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, it, it was the, the plethora of books, wasn't it? I think it's because Apparel was on it as well. I think it's kind of a sort of yeah. successor. It has a cracking yeah. little book. I read, the, I read the Christmas issue of that just a few days ago for the ACP Christmas <laughs> episode. And... Um, Geo for Geo Force versus Superman was a great issue. You know, um, have you bought the have you bought the you've bought the hardback omnibus of this? Have you? Yes. Right. Yes. So I've got the hardback omnibus collections of the. There's, I think there's three of them now for the Brave and the Bolts. Ah, right. Um, yeah, I was waiting for them to are... hit the soft soft cover. I think because sometimes they put them out in softback, don't they? Cheap, more cheaper. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it seems slightly recut. Uh, reading this was a great nostalgia for me. Yeah. In, in terms of the the touch and feel of it, and I see the seeing the adverts and actually, you know, and it being a comic that was quite silliness. Yeah. Um, I, I do need to make a big call out to Mark Champion, wherever oh, yeah. you are. Yeah. Because because Mark Mark owned this book presumably in 1978 and 1979 and signed his name <laughs> uh, at the top of the uh, the inside first page. Um. You look the based on the signature. I'm going to suggest he was about eight or nine at the time, um, which would have been all from Croydon prime, for, yeah, prime for reading this, you know. And it just would have been, uh, uh you know, amazing for him. Um, so wherever you are, Mark, I, I hope you enjoyed this book as much at the time as, as, as I've enjoyed rereading it now. The things we used to do to comics, man. I had a period <laughs> as a kid where I decided to cut out the corner boxes on my comics and save them separately in a in a book. So I've got all these comics from like 74, 75 where I've cut the corner boxes out. The shame. I just feel shame over it now, you know. Well, no. <laughs> I know. It's supposed to be a disposable yeah. medium. Exactly. You know? well, I, wish I, still was, I wish it still was, man. I wish it still was. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where I'm saying that the, the equivalent for this book now is, the, the, is actually the book you're finding in the supermarket. Yeah. Where it's 
half toy adverts and all this sort of stuff and comes with a plastic thing stuck to the front of it but that that's what you know and then possibly for a slightly younger age book age group than, than this breed the bold but that that's his, that's the replacement there and often the art style can be like the brave and the bold cartoon i find for a lot of that stuff that they do at, at the, the moment yeah. Yeah yeah, oh. yeah 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 man agreed good stuff um thanks for that that was an, that was a fun one um, yeah. we'll, we'll knuckle down and do some big subject again in the new year, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> something deep. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> Here comes the uh, the Mad Magazine one again. But the um, yeah, that was a fun one. So over to you, man. What you um, what you got planned? You, this it's a bit. There's a dearth of cons in the new year, is there? I'm not I'm not seeing many coming up. You've got anything right, going on? Next so, next year is I I'm, I'm taking a fallow year. Right. Okay. I, I've, I've kind of decided that that that's where I am my i i need to recharge some of the batteries um and um yeah so I, there's there's nothing for me at all in the first half of the year in terms of cons or anything like that i literally i'm sitting it out or i will not be behind the table right I go to a certain few cons and be in front of the table um i'm also a little bit scunnered it's a good scottish word <laughs> of the uh of of comic cons and them it's a debate for another time about the the price of a table at a comic con versus right. the price of the, the equivalent table at other events okay um, having done say having done some craft fairs and things yeah where actually the table's a lot less and i mean a lot less right um, but you're like going it's the same hall and setup and you know if this was a comic con you'd be charging me 90 pounds instead of 20 pounds. yeah 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 and, and free so entry i'm guessing at some of those craft fairs is there or yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's so there's so there there's me just I'm just a bit taken aback by that for the time. So I'm going to take some time out from that side of things. Um, at some point in time, I need to get my finger out and work out to write a script for something for DUI three. Oh yeah, I'm I'm about uh, to do that. I'm writing something for Simon's thing as well tomorrow. Um, hmm. Simon Russell's thing. So I've got that to do as well. Have you done one for that? No. Okay. No, I need to think about what I would. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That, People who don't know what that is need to go and read the Slack. Exactly. The, yeah. But no, so I need to do something for DUI 3. I've got a couple of ideas there. and that I, yeah, I need to work. One of them, actually, I've got an artist in mind, but I need to speak to them. Because okay. it's more, I think it could be a... I think the idea would is something that they would want to build on as well. So oh, interesting. I need to, need to go with that. The... So that that's kind of me, and you know, yeah. but in, the, in the interim, you know, the penguin will slowly plod along. Yeah. I'm, I'm not producing them at the same speed as I was, so I'm I'm just putting some of the old strips up in rotation. Okay, um, and it's, it's Christmas at the moment, so yeah. it's uh, you know, what would it be without repeats? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. That, that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff, man. The um, I'm, I don't think I'm at anything other than Angoulême for a while now, so I'm. I'm going from to Anglin for no brow, so I'm doing a bit of that and having a wander around there. That should be a chuckle. That'll be my second visit there, so I'm really looking forward to that, man. Have you? I can't mm. remember whether you'd done it or not before. No, never managed to to get to. Yeah, um... I think a lot of people are put off by where everyone says, "Oh, you'll never get anywhere to stay." But you do with the with the advent of Airbnb, people make the most yeah. of that in that town. I can tell you that now. You'll find somewhere. Um, mm. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got. I met up with Rachel Ball around the next comic with her, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, yeah, just trundling on with um, Falpy's just texted me, so we've got the Tribute Press Christmas lunch next Tuesday, 
which is just me and him. I got my tribute press Christmas card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you texted well. me saying you're not allowed to put it on the living room. The no, uh, no, can go in my office, but not the living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, congratulations to Daryl because he he and his good lady have had another child. Mm. Congratulations to him. Otherwise, he'd be at the curry as well. Um, yeah, just a quiet Christmas. Maybe see, suck it and see with the new year, man. Um, I booked yeah, my Baltimore so tickets. Much. I'm going to do that, but that's not till October. Um, yeah, see what happens. You, you had me starting to investigate Baltimore again as well. So. <laughs> well, VIP, the VIP pass ain't expensive for that. It's not. And the VIP route pass really is not expensive when you actually work out what you get with it as well. You get in early um, as well, which is good. Yeah. So, and you, so it's, I think it's just like an extra hundred bucks to get the VIP pass. Yeah, that's right. But by the time you go, oh, you get the, the yearbook, which is a $20 book. Oh, okay. You get a, a t shirt. Which is a twenty dollar t shirt type thing. Yeah. Um. You get, uh, you maybe get a print or something where you're going to go. Uh, I don't necessarily want it, but it's a twenty dollar print. So suddenly you're like going, well, I'm getting sixty, seventy, eighty dollars worth of good, things. Yeah, just yeah. For you know, and I'm getting it. You know, so the price of getting in early is just twenty dollars. Yeah, it's worth um, it. So no, yeah. I highly recommend. They 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 know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to that one. No, I've never been to Baltimore, so I'm looking forward to that. See what happens. Don't don't uh, watch the wire before you go. No, nah, I think awesome. I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I know what you mean. Yeah, apparently it's in quite a nice little part of the town, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I'm that man. Yeah, I think with uh, troops taking a couple of years off, it's not about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know what the next mm. one is. I'm not going to do MCM. Uh, go. Yeah, it's a few. I mean, Bath is fine. Simon Russell, um, who we're going to get on to chat in a, in a couple of episodes' time, just about his, the way he's, um, he's running the table at the um, comics fair in Brighton was good. I think to have that free-to-entry and open table for any comic creators who want to leave their comic, he'll sell them for you. That's a great little idea. I really like that. I think that's the way forward. Enough of this corporate shit, you know. <laughs> Good stuff, there man. Are, there's, yeah, there's no money in comics. Nah, fuck <laughs> as has proven <laughs> in various like clickbait sites this week. Um, off panel, I think I had a, a couple of mentions of it with Heidi McDonald as well this week. But uh, yeah, good stuff. So where can we find you online, man? Uh, just search for at Penguin on any form of social media. Good stuff, man. You can find me at neverunending.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the recent reviews as well, and thanks for the kind words on the last few episodes. I'm going to um, say goodbye to you, dear listener, now, and Alan and I are going to have a chat about our next subject. Thanks, dude. Mm-hmm.